Welcome to the show. I'm Presby Bard. With me tonight is Ad Gerhardus B. Say hello. Hello, hello. Also with us tonight, as usual, is at Bourbon Ghost. Hey, guys. He's back on Twitter. He's no longer the late Bourbon Ghost. He's that back. Lasted, Him and Elon Musk can't yeah, stay away. Lasted like Twitter. four days. That's where the similarities end. Also tonight, we have a special guest in studio with us who we will refer to as Be Anon. He's just going to stay anonymous. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> that's it. You did. You're already better at this. Did, than your I did what I was told. Yeah, that's right. So basically, uh, we have already recorded a good bit of what we're going to talk about. And it just sort of started like much of this podcast. It's, it was a symphony. We just sort of started talking. Uh, we didn't really, we, we hit record and we knew we were recording, but we didn't really do like an intro or anything or do this officially. And so I have no idea how that's going to turn out. BG, I hope you can somehow edit that into something that is listenable for the people. I think I can. We, we had, had this a lot of material. We, we had this, my mind's blown. <laughs> we had this long conversation that essentially boils down to the most uneducated conversation that you've ever heard on this podcast, which really is saying something. But we just are trying to understand everything that's going on in the world of crypto, and we're all very involved but have no clue what we're doing or how to explain what we're doing. And you will hear this on the podcast. You know what we truly would love is if there's anybody that's listening somehow by a miracle from God that, you actually know about crypto, which would mean you're intelligent. That would be the miracle that you're listening to this podcast. Let us let us know, and we would love to have a real conversation with somebody on this podcast that knows what they're talking about about crypto. Yeah. Because as you're about to hear, that is not the conversation you're going to get in this episode. <laughs> That's not an unfair characterization, is it? No, no. Uh, and I will say that this kind of falls in line with my theory, the the Leroy Jenkins theory, as I like to call it where we don't know what we're doing, but we're doing the heck out of it. Yeah. Mm. But see, for all of you people that want to make fun of us, you don't, you're not doing a podcast. No. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm either going to be uh, very uh, uh, well, well, I'll be driving a much nicer vehicle, or um, I will be in crippling debt if this doesn't work <laughs> out. So. Or you'll be living in one of our houses. <laughs> yeah. Moving in. <laughs> He lost it all in that big cur- that crypto bubble. Yeah, you know? making yeah, making <laughs> making my Tinder profile. <laughs> I lost it all to Bitcoin. <laughs> I mean, this is going to be like the new Dust Bowl, potentially. Yeah, yeah. like they're going to write a new Grapes of Wrath about what's going on now, and we're going to all lose it all to the to the Bitcoin rush. Yeah, just make sure your stop buys on. Make sure yeah. it's on correctly. <laughs> Every time yeah. I throw a hundred dollars in, I'm just going to start screaming Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, still one of the greatest achievements of the internet of all time. Oh, yeah. The Leroy Jenkins. All right. Well, so let's let's just play it for the folks. It's a little bit of a unconventional intro for us, but um, you know, you don't come here for conventions, so hope you all enjoy. Michael Jordan at some point in his life got a twenty one million dollar contract. Twenty one million one dollar bills. That's big one. <laughs> twenty one million of them. And then he lost some of them. Some of them are gone. We'll never be there away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I still. I just. It's so hard for me to wrap my mind around as anything other than a. Than another. um, Gold. Commodity or asset, you know. Um, And I, I'm okay with that being what it is. I guess just one on a computer, but. I, I don't. 
I don't know what the utility value would be of Bitcoin. Like if it didn't have all this money into it, is somebody using the technology behind Bitcoin for something else? I don't know. I don't really care. Well, isn't you know? that what they're like? They're doing it for cloud storage, aren't they? The encrypted cloud storage. Maybe. That's used. I don't know. Beats the hell out of me. Yeah. I mean, we we the three of us own a little bit of Bitcoin. I don't. Am I doing anything with it? What could I do with it? Counting it. Besides that. <laughs> That's, Watch, the, that's the utility it, part that I've watching it gain I mean, value you while you shower. <laughs> talking yeah, about it, that, like, that's the main thing. The you yeah, I have I have bought. Um, I've made two purchases with Bitcoin. How much Bitcoin do you have? Me? Yeah, I have to look. I mean, if you were going to tell me that, I'm just saying. If, how would you tell me that? How would oh. you phrase it? Oh, it's and fractional, but but you'd use USD. you would use USD though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I own X amount in USD. Yeah. So the real reserve is USD. Yeah, I wouldn't say like Bitcoin. my house is worth X amount of bitcoins. Right. Yeah. Is that is that true for gold? Though? So what's going to change? Don't we use? Don't we compare gold to the USD too? Though I don't know. That's what I'm, I mean. I know that we didn't used to. Right. See, that's what I used yeah. to. Be, gold mm-hmm. used to be a paper money. Used to just be an a, just another representation of of the gold that actually existed. It was just a, it was so it was literally nothing. It was just you know an easier way to transact again, an easier way to devise. But the gold was the store of value, and so I get that there can be other th- other things that are a store of value other than gold. I just don't get how something, some bits on a computer, are that other store of value. You know, because it's not always been gold throughout time. Gold has been money a lot, but gold has not been the store of value for money a lot. You know, even Roman coins weren't all gold. You know, cloth, they were, spices. Yeah, it's been you know sugar. You know, all kinds of things have been the actual store of value, and then you had this other medium of exchange, which was the money, to help you divide it up. So I'm okay with that part, but you know why? I guess I guess again, what which I said earlier. I guess at its worst, it isn't any better than the U.S. dollar, except that. It's decentralized. Who gets to, you know, you don't, you can't inflate it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's not just these random or these, not random, but these people on high that have no accountability that are, you know, going to inject it and just change the spreadsheet whenever they want to. So I guess that's it. Even if, even if all it is, is another USD, it's a USD that can't be inflated by some. Maybe it's, maybe the value is just that people want that. People want freedom from that. It could be. You know, because, I mean, you know, the past, however many years has just DeFi. Proven, they just want to defy. Yeah. I mean, uh, the past year specifically has proven that um, no matter what you do, if you're down here, it's pretty dang hard to get uh, to get out of there, you know, because um, the government's just going to print more money and make your dollars worth less anyways. Yeah. So, through, I mean, and when, when you are in trouble, the big companies are going to get bailed out, not you. Not yeah, out. right, right. Hmm. So maybe that's what it, maybe that's, there's a desire. I mean, that, I mean, that's what, that's how the market works anyways. There's a yeah. desire and a need and a want for, to get away from that. It's truly hard to understand though. Very. I don't even, I'm just trying to talk it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me to too. To make myself feel better. Me too. I'm I'm just actually even whenever I argue about it, I'm just trying to understand it. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't even know what I think. I'm just trying to like think through the things that I do think I know and just see what what sticks cuz I don't know. I, I I don't know. I know one thing, the amount of money I've made on it has not been life-changing. Um but 
it's the easiest money I've ever made. <laughs> so which is n- which is I'm thankful. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> <laughs> which is part of the part of the thing for me that scares me, not that gives me hope. Why? Because Why are you scared of making money? <laughs> easily, yeah. Yeah. What's gonna happen? Uh well it's all it's uh, the idea that it's too good to be true. Oh. You know, that it's it's not. This could be a, like a whole, like the, the like, this could be a Davos um, yeah. a produced yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, I've, I've heard that argument. Oh, yeah, everybody, you need to be scared of, of inflation. You know, yeah, Biden, keep pumping money. In. They're going to put all their stupid money into, <laughs> yeah. into, into this, be, and then we're going to just turn it off. <laughs> in, in all seriousness, though, it could be a dot-com bubble. Why not? Yeah, no, actually, that's one of the things that interests me about that uh, the mm-hmm. article or the paper that I sent uh, y'all. Yeah, I, I haven't even gotten into it yet. But essentially, there's a theory out there, um, and it's by a pretty respected uh, econ professor, that a lot of these no bubbles, <laughs> a lot of these bubbles are falsely uh, created to get more money from poor people. One hundred percent. And uh, that this is what that's what this might be. Yeah, I mean. Basically, everybody in the dot com bubble was like, "This is the easiest money I've ever yeah. made in my life." And and the only people that lost money were the people who couldn't lose money. The all schmucks. The, yeah, all the rich people yeah. got more. Not the sharks. Yeah. So you're saying I shouldn't have emptied my life insurance policies today? <laughs> 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 we just got to know when to exit. I'm not. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, I'm thing. not a shark though. Yeah, like, I, I'm 100 not a shark. Well, I I have, um, I've tried. I'm training myself to be to have more of a. Uh, uh, to be more comfortable leaving it in there for longer and like riding through the dips yeah. and things like that. I've I, I've been yeah I haven't checked my phone in thirty minutes so I'm getting pretty good. yeah you're getting, wow uh, <laughs> you're uh, uh but I I was every time I would see it drop and this is why I can't do stocks either like every time I would see it drop a little bit I'd be oh here Just it is anxiety yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 um but then like today was you know a pretty good example you know it went up and then it went down like two or three thousand dollars. And I kept wanting to hit sell. I was like, I'll just sell half of it, yeah. and I didn't. But I didn't touch it. And then, of course, it's it's gone back up. So, but that's that's how I lose money. But I, that being said, at a certain point, like I don't have life changing money in there. So even if I did leave it in there and it went to five hundred thousand dollars, my life isn't all of a sudden you know drastically different. Yeah. Uh, so at a certain point, I'll just be like, you know what, this is good enough. You know for for what I put in there, um, just gonna live with it. Yeah, go buy it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. I mean, Arsenal. I'm not putting anything that I can't live without. Yeah, you know, in there. Um, but what I'm, I guess, probably even more interested in is this this idea of definance and what it really means and what its long term viability is. I guess, like, is this a real thing? Is it something because if it is, then I really probably should be serious about investing in that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, and then trying to figure out too, are we at the beginning or are we at in the middle of something? You know, are we, I, I don't know. Break don't that really. down, definance. What do you mean by that? Just, just listen, man. <laughs> it's a great question. You know the lingo. That's, <laughs> okay. You're the, I was really, you don't need it's to ask me those it, kind of questions. I'm not, not trying to call your bluff or anything. It's not definance, it's defi. Okay. It's just defi. Defi. Yeah, I know, but I'm, but I mean. He said defi. I did well, too. He said, oh, did the, he said yeah. the word. That's what threw yeah. me off. Which oh. is that's what it's you know that's the same I thing. Know. Yeah. Uh, so, DeFi, as far as I can tell, anyway, is a is a general term to describe um, 
all of the things that are that are involved in new money or deregulated money you like bitcoin ethereum all of them um and also the the processes of mining and transacting and all of that so like DeFi is just the catch term you know for all of it and i don't know what all of it means it basically just means you know the future of decentralized finance you okay know, you know de- so does, go- does gold and silver count as yeah DeFi? well i don't know good question actually because I mean, probably. it is alternative economic. Would, would the I'm, ass, I'm assuming the U.S. has possession. The U.S. government has possession of most of the gold, at least in the United States. Yeah, I thanks, would think, thanks FDR. I would think. Wasn't it FDR? So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it could Pretty be. Sure. That. Pretty sure. I don't know that it would be decentralized by the nature of that. Uh, you know, just by the nature that the just government the hand controls. That they have in it. The and, majority and, and of it. How much is it tied? I wonder how much the gold market's tied in with everything else. If that makes sense, like, uh, like, is there a lot of speculation and and manipulation in, in the I, I market? Th- I think gold is pretty immune to that because even That's though they do have most of it, there's still some floating out there. So there's still its own market. But, you know, they don't. I don't. I don't think. That, I don't know. I don't know enough about this to even say. But I don't think the government's like buying and trading physical gold mm-hmm. all the time uh, they may be doing futures or ETFs or something I don't know who knows beats the hell out of me but there's a lot of really good conspiracy just, theories you can dive into about uh, the, uh, I would whatnots. just think if it was a stable if Bitcoin I guess this gold is just is a, ext- a thought extremely if, stable if Bitcoin if Bitcoin was a stable stable of a a, a value source I totally forgot where I was about it's, to go, it, dude. But it, I, I it's totally not going to be by nature of how new it is. Gold right. has the... Right. Oh, I know what I was going to say. People people don't... You No, I, don't, I doubt anyone ever thought, hey, buy this gold and you're going to make, you know, the money you're, you guys are talking about, you know, off of a trade. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it, it seems like it would be less attractive as a trade. I mean, you go back to like the 80s, though, when gold was worth... It right. was a couple hundred dollars an ounce. I mean, no, it's less than that. Or was it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you're talking... 30 40 50 dollars an yeah. ounce in this in the late 70s early 80s I, so that's not even that long ago i remember uh, do you my, think that means some of the guys that we read like we the early guys that were libertarians that were into yeah, that that's are how, sitting on that's gold. how ron paul made his money that's what that's what i was going to say is there were like gold has always been a store of value it hasn't been a um like it we haven't traded gold for goods in mm-hmm. you know quite a long time, long time. um and so, you know, I think going back to what you said earlier, I, I don't think it gold is as easily manipulated as like a stock is. You mm-hmm. know, it's not it's not at all the same thing. Um. So, uh, yeah, it's I think it's pretty. It gold goes up in value every time the dollar decreases in value. Right. Right. Um, you proved so my uh, the the main thing I was I was asking was did gold gold ever have a moment like that? And I guess it did. Back in the It's 70s. had several it, moments. when it was low it's and had, people were talking yeah, about Yeah, it's had a lot of moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I don't know. I I don't know if it ever had like a 400% moment or something like that, but uh, uh but but yeah, like it's not I don't know that it's done a doge. <laughs> Never do a doge. No, not not in a while. Not anymore. No, not when you got work the next day. Wouldn't it be funny though if if the U.S. government spent all that time and money collecting all that gold and then this kind of came and took its place and they couldn't control it? 
there's the fear. Yeah, they, they will try to. That's yeah, the thing. yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got if the government can, has like that's what you look at like threats. That's like, who's got the nervous. most to lose. Yeah, who's got the most to lose with the adoption of a different currency? It's uh, not only the U.S. government, but every government, but specifically the U.S. government. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. More than any, the U.S. government is less set up to uh, squash things to than other governments that might want to. You know, just our nature, who we are. I mean, part of why. You know, COVID's gone differently here. Moldbug, you know, talks about this and some of his stuff. He, you know, we we're not we're not a country that you can you can't handle COVID like China handled COVID. You just can't do it. It's not gonna not gonna work. Um, we're not a country in that way, and so the U.S. has a really really has a lot to lose. And there's some evil people, yeah, running this place, yeah. But maybe there's nothing they can do, yeah. Depends on how much of their private sector buddies want to get into it. Yeah, that's true. That see, that's the other. That's a good point. That's the other thing. Because you got you got some. Those people have a lot to lose too. You got some people in power. The oil money, um, the the military industrial complex money. That if they want to, that's start the real manip- money. That if they want to start manipulating things, they can just do mm-hmm. pump and dumps like like what happens with on Wall Street all the time. But. I mean, I think they could do that in theory, but I don't. I don't really know. I definitely don't know. <laughs> That's for sure. All speculation here. This is the most uneducated guess we've ever had. Yeah, I don't even know what to. I. I just. Yeah. I'm seriously just kind of at a loss of what to even think or say about this topic. I don't even know what to where to go on with this. I mean, I, I think it's. I, to me, it's just you. You ride the wave if you feel like it. If you've got the stomach <laughs> for it, ride the wave. Make money that you're comfortable with. Don't put in. Don't put money in that you're not comfortable losing. Well, I'm. I am. Uh, that's sort of separate from the conversation I'm having. I, I think. Like I think it's probably going to go really high. I guess you know, but I don't know. I don't know why or what it means long term. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like I don't even. It doesn't really matter. I'm. I'm still gonna probably keep putting money into it because I just think mostly just regardless of what you think about whether it's sound I think that it is going up and so that's yeah. you know what you do yeah. but like yeah you know uh, but the, this is this conversation though is more fun because and also just very irritating because it's like I don't even know what to think this is so I don't think there's anything I've encountered in my life that I feel this way about. Yeah, yeah. Somebody very it's very perplexing. Perplexing. Somebody yeah. very smart and and knowledgeable about blockchain technology slash crypto is going to listen to this and just absolutely rail you guys yeah. on Twitter. Well, the uh, good news is stupid. that nobody intelligent listens to this. <laughs> ah, good point. So the, the hardest part of this really is trying to even think of what to ask. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it's it's not even. Yeah. It's not even that I don't have questions. I'm not even sure I can think of questions. It's like that re- start would be relevant. Like your your question at the beginning was joking, but what's a Bitcoin? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we can't even get past that. <laughs> and I still don't know about the so, other coins. You know, is that just a mimic? We're not getting there. We're not going. No, they're not mimics. They supposedly have different utilities or, or different values, different ways. They're different used. ways, like the code is structured. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Why are you asking <laughs> such specific <laughs> questions? I don't know. 
<laughs> the, the only thing I've heard. Nobody knows. <laughs> Stop like asking. Like you, you could tell me, you could tell me that they're used to design uh, logos on T-shirts, and I'd be like, okay, I, I don't know. It sounds good to me, though. Ethereum supposedly has something built into it that prevents identity theft or something like that, or fraud, something like I don't know. Yeah, who can say? But, who but knows, you have to give your right? give them who your social say? security number before you can buy any. So. <laughs> So is that all of these? Or Somebody's just that, got your identity. I'm not sure That's, that we're not being completely gaslit for this entire, you know, this whole I'm thing. I'm selling everything right now. <laughs> <laughs> is a, is is a total operation. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take my my small earnings and just go buy a new gun and <laughs> yeah. go back to working my nine to five job. I will say this. Here's one thing that I do think is true: is that we really do like if we're just playing around with it on these apps and we're not ever converting it into a wallet, either a cloud based, I don't know if you, would you call that a warm wallet <laughs> or a cold wallet? I don't know. Is that a hot wallet? Like that's a hot mother? I, that's what I like to call it. Operation yeah. hot wallet. mother. <laughs> you that's remember, what I like remember to call that? it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tried to find a GIF for that. You would think there's a GIF for this is operation hot mother. <laughs> uh, there's not. That's an arrest development reference for those. I'm not one. Have you, ever, Gerard, have you ever seen Arrested Development? I think you've asked me that on the show. Oh, before. man, you got to get on it. So, like, what do, what do you call one that's not a cold wallet? I'm not sure. Okay. I would well, say warm. Regardless, if we're not converting the money to a wallet, where it's you all, we do run the risk of just like what happened to the GameStop traders at Robinhood anytime. Mm-hmm. You know, of just not getting to get your money. Yeah, but if you've got it in a cold wallet and there's no exchange, how do you get your money? Why are you asking me these questions? I don't. Uh, know. What, what I'm you, saying, what, what I'm saying that? is, if they shut that, if they well, so you have to have the exchange to take your money out, like your dollars out, right? The dollar value of your Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there is no exchange, you can have your cold wallet all you want. Well, you'd still, I guess, be able to transact the the currency itself. Like you'd be able to if transact. Some, yeah, the, if you find somebody that's accepting Ethereum right now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, down the like down the oh, road yeah, when yeah. this is a thing. Like if you're just holding it. You still have. We still would have to find a way to get you know decentralized. Yeah. Like, and these apps are not decentralized. They're good. They're a trade, a way to trade it, but they're not a way to actually decentralize. You know, mm. like we need to also be. I think at least that's what I'm doing. I think we also need to be working, you know, into a way to have a way to actually pull not your USD out, but your Ethereum or your Bitcoin out to pull your crypto out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at, th- at that point, you've got to. Yeah. At your your point of sale unless you don't view it as a currency and you just view it as a as a speculation asset which is i don't know maybe maybe that's what all it is yeah i mean if it <laughs> I, that's, that's a good word that's for what i was an, trying to describe earlier speculation that's gonna an, asset that's going to be an interesting tipping point too is if like if it you know the government makes it clear that this is they're not behind all this and we all feel comfortable like oh this is about to be a, you know tesla started it and now walmart accepts bitcoin um, or, or wherever, uh, you know, at that point, you better hope you've converted all your dollars to Bitcoin. But where, like, where's that? Mm-hmm. Where's that line where it's like, yep, yeah, hey, get get all the money out of the savings account and out of every no USD anymore. Get, I mean, I feel, I feel like we've got to be a long ways from that, but maybe we're not. I don't know. It's only been here for like ten years. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be. I mean, I read, I saw a pretty good thread that you know. <laughs> I mean, I could be, I could be so easily coaxed into anything right now on this, uh, that like it, 
in my mind, it proved it's going to be $220,000 by the end of August. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, if that's the case, why do I have any money, any <laughs> cash dollars? Right, why aren't you sinking it all? Why? Yeah. If that's the case, like, why have I not sold my house yet? Yeah, yeah seriously. To buy it all, you know. Seriously. I mean, we could live on the street for eight months. See that that's why that's why so in much order of this seems live, so live fake. Like there's no way yeah. I'm gonna have a conversation with my son one day where he says, like, how did you make how did you make your millions, Dad? Oh, I, I read a, a post on Reddit by a guy named Spaghetti Code. <laughs> like that can't be a thing that happens. It this can't well, be real. Well, in a then fake world it can. Yeah. Yeah, and then your son's gonna say, What's Reddit? <laughs> that's what his son's son's gonna say. You mean that neo Nazi website? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 well, this was a different time, Sonny. This is yeah. a different time. This is before right. they were all neo Nazis. <laughs> yeah, how? I, I mean, are we? They weren't neo Nazis until they stole money from the government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'll also get worried when we start uh, getting articles uh, about how Bitcoin investment is uh, the ultimate white supremacy. Yes, white supremacy, white privilege. Well, just read the uh, gospel. Toxic coalition. masculinity. You can't. Yeah. women aren't allowed on Bitcoin exchanges because yeah. it's such a toxic yeah. place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see it on TGC. Yeah, soon. it'll be like don't store Bit up your treasures Bit on Earth. <laughs> store them up in heaven. Bitcoin is in inherently greedy don't and sinful. Don't store your treasures on Coinbase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Written by D. A. Carson. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, that's funny. But you know, I mean, gosh, we got you got athletes that are now working Bitcoin in their contract, getting paid in Bitcoin. You I got, didn't know that. I mean, you got mutual funds. Like pro athletes you're talking about? Yeah. But again, that's like getting paid in stock. So I don't see sure. that necessarily as a... I mean... Like I, as a, That just means that it's in sort its of. moment. That just means it's in its moment. It doesn't necessarily mean anything for the long term to me. Getting paid in a stock option is the same thing. Well, you know? if that... I would agree. Because you can, like you can write that in, too. You can say, yeah. I, want, I want some Twitter stock instead of this amount, you yeah. know, and because just because you're betting on the asset, so that doesn't that's not betting on it as money though. I'm interested in what it's going to do for money. I mean, even 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 like Tesla or Elon Musk putting two billion dollars into it, all that really means is that they're diversifying their holdings, their cash holdings, which you could do in any way. They're just particular. They're just choosing Bitcoin because they believe in its mm -hmm. you know upper in ceiling. Well, so that's what I mean. I'm totally in for the ride on that, but what I'm saying is, what is it going to be other than that? I don't know. I have an answer. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Is that your answer? That's my answer. <laughs> I do know, though, for the short term, if athletes are getting paid in Bitcoin, that's got to help us. Well, it's gonna I think it's up. the whole picture. Well, maybe, but we're just, we're nobodies in this game. I know. That's why, that's why we're yeah, so we relevant. Yeah, we need, we need them. Yeah. To profit because if, if somebody's getting paid twenty one million in Bitcoin for their contract, then no, but I feel like we are the ones who are needed. Mm -mm. Like there are sharks out there who are saying this this about us. Oh, ah, gotcha. They're saying these people that just started putting their money into Bitcoin three weeks ago. That's who we want in the game. Yeah. Well, that's why that's why I need more professional athletes from here on. So COVID because you're in the it game now mitigates my risk. Yeah. So COVID was never about Trump. It was about Bitcoin. the attack on crypto. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been good for crypto. Because right? now, now they've been able to pump all this money and they knew they're going to put it all into GameStop or they're going to put it into... This is a whole... This has all been orchestrated. Y'all right. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> this has been good for crypto, though. 
Yeah. And for all these big sharks that oh, have the money that in crypto, want. right, right, they're gonna oh. they're gonna jump out. There are, lo- are a lot of hedge funds who have gotten in on it. There are Maybe, a lot yeah. of a lot of uh, businesses. Oh, who are, yeah, that's a good. The question. big one that there I saw that, that caught my eye was because uh, my four hundred one k is in at Mass Mutual, and I saw I mean in December I think or November they put a hundred million dollars in. I was like, holy crap, a hundred million dollars! And then I just feel like I should have a model, point. you know, like people that are people that do this they got models and macros they're running i got nothing see i think that's why you know what my macro this is should interest us what though you, what do you guys think should i put some money into that's my macro yeah i think that's why this should interest us though because if it's decentralized and deregulated that actually gives us an an ability to figure it out the yeah way i guess that's true systems i guess that's true the the downside would just be that you're gonna be um Certainly for the fairness of it, that's good, you know, because in a in the in the system the way it is now, not only do we not know how things work, we we you know nobody's accountable and like yeah. nobody can know. And in this way, you know, you can at least figure it out. But we're still not going to be one of the people that know what's going on. Yeah, in any significant way. I mean, I guess you could figure it out, but it man, it feels like there's such a such a learning curve i don't know is it technology you need to have is it like i, I don't understand what you what i even need to go learn really <laughs> you know what i mean i, I don't, don't know i'm, I'm thinking about grabbing just videos. one of those like crypto currency for dummies books like, yeah i think that'll do it. it i think that's what'll do it yeah i i think that's where you like what it what is also uh, one of the plethora of things that's so scary about it is like Everybody says it's like it's blockchain technology. Okay, well, what's that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what the hell is that? Yeah, I mean, I the first time I heard about blockchain technology was you know was it being used somehow in manufacturing environments, and now we're putting money into it, but it's not a stock, it's not a company. Duh, none of this is real. Is it even an a thing? Like, it does is it the, exist in the world? Like, is it a physical thing? <laughs> blockchain? Mm. It's physical. It's is no, it like it's nanotech? Digital. It's yeah. an idea. It's digital. Okay. I don't know, man. I don't get this. Okay, time for our topic of the week this week. No song, so we're skipping the song. We're just going straight into it. So that that has that previous conversation has fried our brains too much to do a whole thing on on song. Although I did like our choice of band, and mm-hmm. we're gonna have to come back to it. Yeah, please. Uh, but anyway. We'll save that for uh, you to all wonder about next time. Okay, so we're going to talk about, we're going to continue our series sort of on anarchy. This one is probably, I don't know, I think generally this is going to be less controversial overall. I don't know, because I think the idea, we're going to talk about schooling. And we're going to talk about uh, how schooling would work in in an anarchic system. You know, I think it's a little less controversial just because people at least um, are understand that private schools exist you know, as opposed to as opposed mm-hmm. to private military or private security, yeah. that's not yeah, even that's in there. Fair. But you know, private school is a thing that they see, and people pretty much all know and understand that government schools suck. So we're going to talk about how it would work, and we're going to let Gearhardus kind of uh, lead us again with questions and stuff, like he did last week. So go for it. So I think everybody's probably familiar with the basic arguments against the current public school system that it's you know has a anti God bias or whatever. I guess the first argument. I kind of want to put out there is what about 
what about the schools around here? So that's the argument you always hear people make is that, yeah, public schools are terrible in like downtown Chicago, but here, you know, we still have Christian teach some Christian teachers, even some schools, they still pray, you know, what makes, and if you're in a small town community, what's so bad about public school? I think that this is one of the, I think it's a great question because this is one of the things I think you see the same type of disconnect with government schooling that you do with cops. Yeah. Where everybody thinks that cops are bad, but not the cops they know. Not here, they're not. And the, you think the same thing about, you know, teachers. It's like they, they hear the stories now about this, you know, the teachers union in Chicago or Seattle that won't open because of COVID. And they think, oh, screw those teachers unions. But their next door neighbor, who's been a 25 year, you know, public school educator and is in the teachers union, they don't think that about, well, this, she's a sweet lady, though. She's a God-fearing lady, goes to church with us, you know. So it's always this idea that it's not ours that are the problem. You know, this you see this phenomenon in the government, too, that Congress has a really low approval rating, like 20% or something would say they approve Congress, but people get reelected at like a 60% clip. So it's never their congressman that's the problem. It's the other congressmen that are the issue. And so you see this disconnect in our minds in everything. You know, we think China's military is evil, but not ours. You know, we're, when we do it, it's for good reasons. So, um, so I do think it's a good question. And probably the biggest hurdle that you have in overcoming something is just, you know, understanding that your people are part of the problem. We can talk about cops maybe, maybe another day. Yeah, let's do that. This is probably going to be bad enough, but... Uh, you certainly see that with teachers. What are you guys' thoughts? Every teacher is a criminal. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're going to save the police talk for next week. I wasn't talking about police. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think part of what where you have to, I guess, make the uh, sever from uh, from the public school thought is to put aside the fact that um, what is taught is like what needs to be taught too. you know, like the curriculum that's in public taught in public schools. And, and even in a lot of senses, private schools, I mean, may or may not definitely be yeah. what needs to be taught period. It's not that they're not teaching God. And, and uh, I mean, that's definitely part of it. And maybe the biggest problem, but a lot of the other noise, you know, it's, it's like they're just filling up an eight hour day with like this nonsense. that's not even helpful. Most of the time mm-hmm. to kids, like what, what high school kid, public or private school uh there's probably some private schools but what high school kid comes out knowing anything about finance you know yeah nothing about managing their money you know not every not every one of them certainly is going to college uh so now they're thrust in the real world when they just went through curriculum that was designed to get them into college you know and how many parents do you know who have of public school kids who have said, ah, they really need to start teaching kids how to like balance checkbooks. Yeah. Or they really need, <laughs> right. they all say it. are so popular. <laughs> but I mean like, simple, but, uh, yeah, simple it's an argument like that. They always say bizarre. it and nothing ever happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> By the way, we felt like you would have, a, you'd be a good person to have on for this because you're, you're truly multicultural. Yeah. In so many ways you have been homeschooled, been in private school and you've been in public school. Correct. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we joke about it. We, have way too many Michael Malice quotes, but one of his best ones about uh, about public school is that oh, y'all are gonna have to help me. I'm just kind of losing it. Public school is the first time. It's yes, public, it's uh, it. it will be uh, something maybe your your child's first and only exposure to violence to physical violence. Yeah, you know, public yeah. school is like their first and only 
exposure to, to physical violence. Mm-hmm. Since I, I do not have the experience of public school myself. So those of you in the room, mm-hmm. all of you that do, that I don't, because my parents love me. <laughs> what? <laughs> I went to a good one. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> right. Uh, what would you would you all uh, agree with that quote or disagree with that quote? I went to a private school until sixth grade. Okay, and there was no violence. Your parents then, decided to stop loving you around sixth. Well, grade. we moved and there. Yeah, that then you, you moved, probably you moved. You moved into a, school, a good yeah. school zone. Yeah, because that's yeah. what we did. We moved into a <laughs> yeah. good school zone. No, we moved, we moved cities, but we did pick the the city we lived in, uh, where I grew up in in high school, because of the school system. Yeah, supposedly it was like one of the top one or two rated in the entire state, mm. which it was Mississippi. That so, state, you know, was, yeah. Again, but uh, they did have like you know the ACT eight scores were like uh, twenty six average, like they were really high. Uh, they scored well on everything, and despite that. There was still one day in, I think it was like my junior year of high school, I remember vividly, this was back during the days of Jerry Springer, mm. and uh, walked in the lunchroom. Yeah. Is Whoa, he, is he, is he dead? dead? Yeah, he died the other day from, oh no, that was Larry King. Never mind. <laughs> 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 I walk, that was troubling. I walked into the lunchroom, and within 30 seconds, a fight broke out, and somebody had like, deck somebody with a lunch tray and uh teachers broke it up not even five minutes later a girl ripped another girl's hair out on the other side of the cafeteria like a second fight had broken out and everybody's at this point standing up on lunch tables like you know cheering it on like it's a boxing match that one ends not even five minutes later a third fight breaks out all three completely unrelated and at this point people are on their tables chanting jerry jerry Mm -hmm. Three within about a thirty-minute period at a public school, a great public school. Wasn't just Jerry and they were. (laughs) (laughs) You know, on second thought, actually, I never thought Jerry Springer. Do I got to bring Jerry Springer into this? (laughs) He didn't do anything. Were you in prison or school? You know, you would think prison. Yeah, it was fun. Good malice quote. Yeah, it was fun as an eleventh grader to see you know fights in high school. Isn't that weird? It is, but now that you know I'm older, I'm like that's a really terrible thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Not just violence, though. It's exposure to pretty much everything that you don't want them to be exposed yeah. to. Like, my yeah. parents were super, like, fund- borderline fundamentalists. So they, they were like, you know, let's let's not tell them anything about the outside world, but send them to public school where they'll be bombarded <laughs> by it every day. You yeah, know? and I, I think you, I would wager to say that malice doesn't even necessarily mean violence as in a fight, you know, uh, like the mental violence of the sit down and shut up kind of stuff. You know, I mean, that's why. I mean, and stand sure. up and put your yeah. hand over your heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, tr- that too. Um, yeah. I graduated with a, um, a girl who brought, uh, a knife to school on two occasions. So not, not one, two. And I graduated with her. So she got a pass on both of those. And also a kid that brought a literal hit list to school with a with a cleaver. Uh, graduated cool. with both of them. Cool, cool. Yeah. I never experienced any of the things that y'all just said. This it's kind of blowing my mind a little bit. So. Our principal. I never uh, even saw a fight. Our principal, before he came to our school, was the assistant principal in Pearl, Mississippi. And he actually was the one who stopped a school shooting in the process of happening. How did he stop it? Did he shoot he somebody? went to his he went to his uh, <laughs> truck and got a gun, and he held the the student at gunpoint until the cops arrived. Are you serious? Yeah, he was kind of a badass. He was like a Navy SEAL. Never <laughs> never heard of this guy. Yeah. Come on, CNN. His name yeah, is Jocko Willing. No, really, yeah, we're gonna, we're, you, you will <laughs> uh, look it up. Uh, Joel Myrick is his name. I think the New York 
Times wrote an article on like three or four years ago. Uh, the you, you can uh, Wikipedia the yeah. school shooting too. Where's your Where's your gun control now? Yeah, that's right. That's why they don't talk about it. Fifteen years ago. Wow, that's wild. A good guy with a gun actually did stop a bad guy with a gun. One with of the gun. things you said that was we kind I kind of skipped over the point was the history. It, yeah, that's that's literally book. what it was for. It, it, like, there's a parallel with. That's why there's a bill. Yeah. That's why they sit in rows. Um, all that, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it pretty you know, much. But, boomed, but here's the deal. At the time of the here's industrial the revolution. Here's the deal with that, though. To their credit, like, I don't think that that was a bad decision at the time. It's the same way that we would look at it now. We say every school should be working on teaching kids how to code. To them, and that's again why I don't think public education should be a thing, is because private schools are going to be able to better respond to market conditions that get kids ready for whatever they need to be ready for. So they took schools and, you know, to them in the industrial revolution, the future was factories. Mm-hmm. Like that was the future. If you were going to have a, a decent living, like your, your way out of being a farmer and being a sustenance farmer was a factory job. Mm-hmm. So learning how to be a good factory worker was not some cynical thing like we would think of it now. You know, even if it's most in its most altruistic yeah. sense. Yeah. It's just that what it shows is that the public school systems have never adapted, you know, over time, even though they, they say they do, they make these changes and stuff, but the very core basic structure of what they do has not been able to be innovated because they've had a monopoly on it for so long. Yeah, I mean, that's that's anything government, you know, that the government has right. control over. They're not changing or adapting, uh, you know, they're extremely inefficient in every way conceivable you know uh, that's why it takes so long to to do things at the dmv or what i mean like yeah. why is half the stuff not done on your phone why do why do you even have a fax number listed you know that's <laughs> that's that's what um yeah, you gotta a give the fax machine credit though it really has held on for a long time as a viable technology the only reason <laughs> is is the government yeah, <laughs> the only one still using it's them. fair it's fair they're, they're keeping so many fax machine repairmen employed <laughs> <laughs> Got to wait on those guys to die off. What about yeah. this one? So if 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 it's based on if if education's run on a private economy, what about underprivileged kids? Like what about children that couldn't afford to go to school? Like a single or go to private school rather. Like a single mother now, let's say that's working, you know, doing two shifts or whatever, and she can't afford to homeschool or send her kids to to private school. That's the thing. Okay. Go ahead. Do you want? You're you're assuming that it's going to cost the same when I mean it, it just wouldn't. Uh, yeah. So there's a bunch of ways. Yeah, that, that we can go with this. That's certainly one way. Another way to look at it already is that is how much more efficient private schools are than public schools. So for instance, the school that I work at, uh, you know, costs about five thousand dollars a year, which I know is going to sound really cheap, depending on where you. It is pretty cheap, but depending on where you live, it's going to sound really cheap. For school, it sounds very cheap. But our state spends nine thousand dollars per student. What? Yeah, in in the education system. So actually, if you look at it by cost per student, our school runs twice as efficiently as a public school. So if that money was not being done through taxation, then and you were just charging for this service nine thousand dollars and five thousand dollars, what it actually costs people would choose the private school. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, this, the simplest way that you could do this, and you're actually seeing this movement right now bigly because of uh, everything that's happened with COVID and all this stuff. There have been, I think, I, I want to say 35 states or so 
this session already, starting in 2021 with a new house in the state houses that have proposed uh, student funding bills. So basically the idea is that the, the money will go to the student and not to the system. Um, so right now, you know, tax money goes to the, the county system or the city system. You know, it goes to that system no matter what. But instead, the idea would be to take that money and let it follow the student. So if the student wants to choose something, you know, school choice basically, but yeah. it's just another way to look at it. And it's getting a lot of momentum, and COVID has kind of, um, you know, ex, uh, accelerated that process. And so tons of states are are moving in that direction because, you know, people are looking around and going, why – do I not? I mean, we're having to fund the system, and the teachers won't even go to work, and they're yeah. still getting paid. They won't even go to work, and they, my kids can't go to school. Or if they do, they're getting you know a horrible product now, and not the product that we you know a more horrible product than they were before. It's exposed all these problems. So now people are kind of waking up to the idea of, oh crap, you know what? I don't want to just give them the monopoly on my money. I would rather have my money and then get to choose what school that I put it in. You know, and on top of that, one of the other most evil things, people always ask me that, you know, I've been asked that question a bunch mm-hmm. throughout my life. Well, what about the poor kids? Public schools are actually set up to harm poor kids the most because the way that money goes to the system. So uh, education is funded through what? Do you know what tax specifically goes Pro- to that? Property tax. Property tax. That's exactly right. An, Very good. An immoral tax. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, so guess what? The worst schools... The, I mean, the, the less funding a school gets is based on the lower value property mm-hmm. that is there. So if a low-income family is living in a low-income area, then naturally they're being forced to go to a school based on their zip code. So based on their zip right. code, they're That's forced to go to a lower, more, lowly, more low-funded school just because they live in a low-funded area. So now they have to go where their zip code is. Like... Mm. And people want to. People have the arrogance to ask me, "What about the poor kids?" <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, the system right now is horrible for poor kids. It is. It is actual prison for poor. Which, you know, in escape. my opinion, was a feature of the system, not a bug. That's mm-hmm. what they wanted to have happen. Not, oh crap! I, I can't believe this is not some. This is not one of those times where government just got too bureaucratic and too big to really figure out the problem. They did it this way on purpose, man. Mm-hmm. This was done intentionally. To make schools to where you could, yeah, and some of it was racial, you know, some of it was, but a lot of it was was more classist than it was racist. You know, it happens to also sometimes divide along racist lines. Well, it but, was racial. It was just anti-Irish. Yeah, at the beginning <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. anti-Irish. You're right. But even after that, I'm saying that it's a lot more, and like most things in our society, honestly, it's more classist than it is racist. Yeah. And uh, and education is certainly one of them. And so I think it's kind of an area. It's one. Of, it's like we've talked about with this anarchy stuff, anyway. People are asking these questions a lot of times. They want to say, well, what about this? And it's like, no, you don't understand what you have right now is actually what's bad for the poor people. It's hard to imagine a worse situation as far as public education in the United States. I can't imagine it being any worse. Yeah, there's not a worse system. Every argument against anarchy is just an argument against the current system. And it's always true. Yeah, they have to argue with them with what's going on now. Well, hey, how do we prevent uh, mass incarceration? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of a question is that? Yeah. That's what we have, you know. How, how do we prevent like this? How do we prevent poor kids from getting a bad education? Yeah. That's literally why I'm trying to solve the problem <laughs> with anarchy is because that is what we have now. It probably so, is one of the easier uh as far as, you know, pointing at private schools and saying they're doing a good job. It's easier to do that now, I think. Yeah. I uh, people use this with anarchy for every topic, but like well, you can't point to somewhere where this this worked. 
Well, I can point to where your system where it doesn't work. So <laughs> let's just try. Let's give this it a one. shot. Well, we actually can because most of the United States history we haven't had public education, right? I just mean well, yeah, anarchy yeah, yeah, in right, general. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I guess you probably could, but what, I guess what I was saying with that is you probably tell could me where this. Tell me where this yeah. anarchy. Where has it been tried before? Yeah, it's like well, what I'm telling you is that what we're trying now kind of sucks. Yeah. So let's give it another shot. And that's yeah. certainly, I mean, education is, is the best example of this. Yeah, because, show, show me a, a public school in a poor community that succeeded. Yeah. That's surpassed expectations. Find me one. Yeah, they're not there. They're not there. I mean, they're just not. And so, and when they are, they're a literal charity case, Yeah, which is one of the things that you get made fun of as an anarchist saying that, like, well, charities will take care of it. Usually the good examples people can give you are charities yeah. that are taking care of these. Well, there's this one over here that's a nonprofit. It does a great. The teachers work there as a mission. And it's like, okay, thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Those people are just going to magically disappear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for proving my point. Yeah. And, yeah, with public edge, I've said this for a long time. I've said this, I know, at least to, to all of you here. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but this is before we even get into the morality of sending your children to a public school or not. Yeah, we haven't even talked about like, the go. world. And this is really probably that. where I am going to ruffle feathers of people that even I know that listen to the podcast. Not, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but I also don't feel, also believe what I'm saying about this, is that I will never believe that there's going to be a true revival in the American church until I see a mass exodus from the public schools. And actually, we really need to stop using the word public. I made it a goal yeah, to government. always say either state or government because public is a euphemism. So from until I see a mass exodus from state schools, the reason is because you even see this now with the transgender stuff. You know, Christians are saying, oh, man, if they put those transgender bathrooms in, we're out. We're done. This will be the line. But it won't be the line. No. Mm -hmm. They said the same thing about teaching evolution. They said the same thing about taking prayer out of schools. They've said the same thing about several different things that have come about that Christians have said, no, this is the line. If they ever do that, I'm never going to do it. And Christians have just beat bopped along. No problem. They don't care. They don't care. Do you know why they don't care? Never underestimate the value of their worship of their hometown football team. Mm -hmm. And this is typically the real reason that people go to public schools. It has nothing to do with the education. Sports. Nothing to do with anything. And it's not even just sports. It's that they need to be able to go to and play for the football team that their daddy and their granddaddy and all these people played for. You know, especially in, in the South, this is the case. You know, I don't know what it's like as much in the Northeast and things like that. I think it's there's still a lot of this there, but maybe not in the same way that it is in the South. But this is really, this idea of like town and community is a lot of what is holding it on, you know, and not even community in the good ways. You know, it's just this, this, uh, anyway. So I'll never really believe that that people are very serious until they, mm-hmm. you know, like because you, education is not neutral. Sorry, it's one of those things that you have to put your money where your mouth is. Like, like if you actually cared about what your kids were being taught, then you might actually. It, Five thousand dollars is nothing. I mean, I think they're proving. I think they're proving that they don't actually care. So that's yeah, that's mm-hmm. the point. exactly. Yeah, you exactly. Know. It was good enough for me. Yeah, yeah. I you hear know, that actually a lot. Yeah. I actually heard one person get mad and say. Like you think, like you think that your kids will deserve better than like all the other kids. Like, have you ever heard that argument? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that growing up just because I didn't go to a public school. It's you know, I mean, I don't, I don't quite understand it. Uh, But also, you think your kid doesn't deserve? I also (laughs) think it's hilarious because, like, in that, 
in that accusation you're admitting that <laughs> they're admitting how bad it is yeah it's like saying you know if i go to prison you should go to prison too and yeah. why yeah why that in what world is that really the case i mean yeah if we all want to it is it is the uh what's that syndrome where you want to stockholm no that's where you you sympathize with your captors the one where you... I kind of thought that's what they were doing. No, no, I'm saying if you need people to suffer with you, there's oh. something, you know, you need yeah. to suffer. Anyway, uh, there may not be a syndrome for that. It may just be needing people to suffer with you, but... It's called being evil. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we all have that a little bit. It's, right. You know, whenever bad things happen to us, we want, we would, you know, we yeah. like the misery, misery the, loves The company. depraved part of us, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Good point. Uh, but yeah, so... What else? Let's talk more. I got my rant out about the morality, so I just I had to. That was on me. Let's talk it, more about that. That was well, actually tamer than I thought it would be. So, <laughs> well, you know, it's it's the parents and the teachers too. You know, like where when are the parents going to say, you know what, no, no, that's that's enough for my child. We've got the the, the transgender bathrooms now. That's it. We're out. Well, um, but you know, we mentioned it about the teachers too. You're right. You know, they, uh, uh, the teachers unions in Chicago, they're different than the ones here. Well, where's your line? Well, there you know, is. At I what mean, point are you gonna say like like I had one? They, they just won't. They'll that, like just, the system's too evil for you I, to. I had a one yeah. high school. Yeah. I had one high school teacher that she, on principle, w- was not a member of the teachers union. I mean, I guess I can respect that. She taught at the school, but didn't. Yeah, but wasn't still a being of the, in the, yeah. being at the. But she school, didn't get some of the perks. You you don't get some of the perks if you're not in the union. Though. Like so what? I'm I'm sure. I like to go to brothels, but I don't the have sex with the women. I'm sure she probably still got the same days off, though, now yeah. that I think about that. Yeah, that's a good example. <laughs> yeah, I just look. I just, I just, you just look. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a good example. <laughs> it's actually a very good example. It's my only example. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what you're saying, though, to your point, is is a good one, because I think that, it just like we've talked about on the show before with cops, you know, enforcing laws. Like, you can get mad at the politicians all you want to when they pass a bad law. But at the, at the end of the day, all they did was pass a law. The people who are going to enforce it are your neighbors, mm-hmm. and it's the policemen. You know? So those are just letters to Santa. And they've, pro- and they've they... proven that they will enforce laws that they don't agree with. That's right. like you said, the Trump... The, the Trump the, do they disagree with them, though, if they're enforcing? I think they... Well, like, like we, he brought but up the example of like the Trump, with, yeah. New York, the police union endorsed Trump. But yet they're still the ones that are enforcing yeah. these anti-COVID, yeah. these COVID lockdowns. They're still the ones going down and you know shutting down gyms for trying to open. And it's like, but you were anti-lockdown. But they they're doing their job. Yeah. And not only are they doing their job, they've been convinced that they're doing the Lord's work. Yeah. And honestly, and I say this as one, I, I've never met a bigger martyr than a teacher. Mm-hmm. I've I've just I've never. I mean, it 100%. is. It is. Stay at home. Is close, but yeah. <laughs> Some of those are suff- some of those are not too insufferable though, you know. Yeah, maybe. It's, I guess some that are. Too. It's like the the troops uh, that didn't salute Biden, his motorcade on the way yeah. to the inauguration. Like ninety yeah. percent of them turned their back, but they didn't. That's all. That's all. You're they still did. in the right. National Guard. Exactly. Yeah. You didn't really do anything. Yeah. You it's believed like, it was fraudulent, and then you just let him pass by. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that and right, it is this way with. And, and this it's that way with anything that you view as a system or some kind of institution that is that's evil. You know, it's like I don't think you would have much respect for me if I was, you know, uh, uh, working towards being a I don't know Catholic priest or whatever. Right. But I said I was reformed. Mm-hmm. It'd be different if I believed it. But it's like, you know, I'm reformed. But I can go make a whole lot of money. 
Yeah, but you know they're gonna pay me a hundred and ten grand or whatever. I don't know what priests make. Probably not that I much. I doubt they make that much, but uh. Catholics got a lot of money. So <laughs> that actually is kind of a decent example where it's like, oh no, I'm reformed, but I can make a, I can make more money being a pastor in the Catholic Church yeah. or being a priest in the Catholic. So I'm gonna do that. That would be like, well, why are you choosing that ideologically? You, I would have no respect for somebody, but somebody can say that about about uh you know if there's going to be a christian science teacher in a public school but have to teach evolution they don't believe in it well but you know i've got to do my job and they they help me put that that money i if i i'd make half that at a christian school so you know it puts food on the table for my family and just doing my job it's a nuremberg defense everything eventually boils down to the nuremberg defense it's your mission field though yeah i had a lot of these i had a lot of these conversations in college with friends and, and even people that were older than me like at our church and stuff that because I was pretty outspoken anti-government schools and and pretty pro you know Christian school specifically, not just private school but Christian school, and uh, there were a lot of of them that you know did that that gave that defense. You know, I would rather my kid be a be a missionary mm. in the public school, and I have a lot of snarky comments that mm-hmm. I could make about that. Um, but the serious one that I'll make about that instead is that. Um, just how horrific of a mistake that is. Yeah. And there's, I don't need too many details on that. We would not view this um, in any other scenario. Would you view it as okay to send your child into something? You're admitting that it's evil when you say, I'm going to go out in the mission field. So you're admitting that it's a completely, uh, in no other way would you send your eight-year-old child into some sort of scenario for them to be trained by the enemy. You just wouldn't do it. The, the the argument that goes with that is uh well you know his mother and I will teach him at home uh we'll we'll teach him what what's right and wrong at home okay so you're gonna send him off for eight hours you're gonna send him to church on Wednesday night and and Sunday morning uh and then you know you're gonna be with him for maybe two hours a day and you're gonna spend that time intentionally speaking you still haven't caught up to the forty hours that they're gonna be exposed to the uh the enemy or the world mm-hmm. you know uh the yeah, snarky yeah. comments it's hold water up. though like the example the thing that I, I like i think i heard douglas wilson say it is that like somalia needs missionaries so why don't you send your five-year-old there like it's a good point you know yeah i, I mean i totally that's that's kind of what i the, the kind of comments i was thinking about you know is there are a lot of mission fields out there why do you say that the public school is a good one well nobody if anybody if anybody with with just an ounce of honesty in the conversation would if they would just have that they would admit that it's because of the convenience it's because of the convenience it's cheap it's where you are it's 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 because of the convenience and it but again this goes back to the way we make decisions you know none of us are anywhere near as logical as we think we are we we generally speaking or we actually are very logical i should say we don't use our logic to make decisions like we think we do. Mm. We use our emotions to make decisions and we use our logic to justify those decisions in the, in the aftermath. Mm -hmm. That's really what we do, you know, and, and this is one of those times where we do that and it's in mass numbers, mass numbers of Christians who, who continue to send their kids to government schools for a lot of the other, for, for a lot of the justifications. Some we've mentioned some that are, that we haven't, but they are, if you were to break that down, they would not make the same decision in a different scenario. Mm-hmm. Almost always, you don't do it that way. And that that argument is so stupid, anyways, because you're just—I mean, you're spending. 
if that's your tactic, you're spending all your time undoing. You know, you're not sending them to a school where that mm-hmm. that school the curriculum the is time. reinforcing what you're teaching at home. That's where, I mean, I agree. That's where it starts. Uh, you know, with teaching your children, it starts at home. So don't send them somewhere that's counterproductive to where you know to what you're teaching at home, or quit and pretending and like you're teaching them something. And at like home. you said, yeah. like you said, they're laying down especially in elementary school or and even high school they're laying down the fun- fundamental worldview that your child will have so it's not just like right and that means you know even private school you have to be selective about it's is it just public is it just yeah, essentially that's why I say christian specifically yeah is it just a little yeah. tack on tack on the bible extra and still teach theistic evolution and stuff like that right or is it yeah well, i see fully yeah, biblical. even christian schools yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's true i'm not just saying yeah. oh find any school that has the word christian on it down the mm-hmm. road and, and send them there and therefore you're making a good decision so that is a good clarification i mean i don't i don't think that um but it's it's a it's a it's a tough one because it is one of the places where you have to put your your money where your mouth is but it's just you either should be sending your kids to a good christian school or you should be homeschooling them if you're a believer um and i feel pretty strongly about that um just because like i said i don't think that we can i don't know that i don't know how we can feel so comfortable having our children taught by the enemy and taught their worldview taught how to think by the enemy for the majority of their time even if like you said if they if you are undoing it you're spending all your time undoing the programming and that's another question i used to get why aren't you afraid that your kids are just going to get indoctrinated i I hope hope so so. yeah (laughs) everybody's getting indoctrinated to something Mm -hmm. and it's this idea that if it's religion that it's a real cultish type of indoctrination but if the religion is the state then it's not a cultish Mm -hmm. i don't understand Mm -hmm. so yeah they are going to get indoctrinated and I saw you put it on our, you know, little outline for the show is, you know, you asked the question, can education be neutral? Mm-hmm, and it can. And that's really the key that we have to, you know, that you have to get with people. And at least that I've found in my conversations is you have to get them to agree or at least think with you and understand and, and ask them, do you believe that education is neutral? And this is kind of a tough one. Is knowledge neutral? Mm-hmm. Is there a way to come about knowledge and understanding in a neutral way? And I would say no. Mm-hmm. But that's people. People think that as a precept, even if they don't say it, they do think that, and that's they don't. I don't even think they know they think that. There's you know? some areas that are inherently religious to them, like philosophy or talking about character, even science, yeah, maybe yeah, in right. some ways that they're going to have you math know, biases, yeah, or math. But yeah. why does two plus two have anything to do with God? You know mm-hmm. that, that one. We're finding that out more and more. Yeah. You know, with postmodernists and critical theory people saying two plus two equals five. Yeah, and being serious about it. Right. So. You know, even that one used to get laughed at is the, oh, so you think two plus two equals four has some meta narrative, you know, mm-hmm. meta meta value to it. Um, yeah, we do. And now we're starting to see that it truly does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It truly does have, have value in a meta sense. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're forming the lens in which you see the world. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and the the myth or like part of the problem is that it's a huge public school was set up to be human to celebrate humanism and pluralism so really the the end goal is that christianity is accepted but it's accepted along with everything else so when they do end up teaching like creationism it's always alongside some other worldview so it's all it's as if there's uh, everything should be equal you know even even if this could education could be neutral as a believer why would you want it to be right yeah. Uh, so yeah. Like, if you had yeah, the I'll option, bias. right? So good yeah. Pointers, you know. Yeah. Good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it uh, it it all it's another enlightenment 
product. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a right. product of the enlightenment. I mean, it was sort of even created even the way we think, especially in this country. Yeah, it's created by rationalists. I mean, it was set up by Unitarians, a bunch of deists mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and stuff exactly. that believe that this this all of this knowledge, uh, like and and getting this knowledge is what made you reach some sort of other plane of existence. Mm-hmm. You know, truly. And these pe- none of these people were were Christians. No, I mean almost none of them. You know, I mean all of them had good educations though. Yeah, they did have good education because they were were raised by their parents mostly, and they were pro-education as a system. You know, being it, you know, but if you go back far enough, you you know, but I mean, I mean, people. Oh, and people valued it. Like I was reading this biography of this Presbyterian pastor. His last name was Nevin. He his father went to Princeton just for the reason, so just because he knew that he was going to be a farmer and he was going to have ten children. So he went to Princeton and learned how learned everything so he could homeschool his kids. Like, people used to think long-term about education, and we don't. Like you said, it's just convenience. It's just like, what, you know. You asked uh, this last question I saw in the outline, mm-hmm. said, how would education work without government? Mm-hmm. I think that this is this is why it was so important. Better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is why it was so important to have our, our first conversation uh, about, you know, just economy. Mm-hmm. You know, generally speaking, how how the economics would work because it follows from that. It, it's hard to, I mean, education is just another market good. And so the, basically the way I would answer that is if you feel like grocery stores should be private, then you also should think that education should be private. And at the very least, which I'm for completely getting rid of state schools, but at the very least, if you are pro welfare and you can't get over that hurdle, then I would argue you should handle welfare in the public in the school market the same way you handle welfare in the grocery store market. You don't give money to grocery stores. You give money to people who then get to choose where they spend where they buy their groceries. So do the same thing with that money mm-hmm. in education. Give it to the people and let them choose what school to give it to as opposed to funding the school. Yeah. And so even if you can't get over the welfare hur- hurdle, you should at least be in favor of funding students over systems, you know, as, as, a, as a first step. I think the economics angle is probably the most uh, palatable for most people who aren't proponents of private schools. That, like that, that argument coupled with the, uh, the cost, because if you can, if you can kind of convince them of that ability to, that, that we should be giving money to the people and let them choose and, the schools would also cost less. Like it's it's better all around product from yeah. start to finish. What you'll find though, when you have a lot of these conversations, like I have, is that uh, that's really not what people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah, you're where right. you're right. That sounds very convincing, and it should be. Yeah, it's almost like they've been indoctrinated. But it's mostly nostalgia and stuff that's that's fueling the decision, like you said, not not their actual logic, not emotion. rationality. Nobody yeah. ever wants to believe anything is as bad as it really yeah. is, especially yeah. if they were part of it, right. right? Especially if they were a product of it or they were part of it. It takes yeah. a special person to be able to admit that you did something wrong. Yeah, you know that something about your existence might be off. That's that's tough to do. Yeah. But it's very needed if you're going to... It probably just needs to be dealt with more. This topic needs to be talked about more often from pulpits and stuff, I think. Yeah, I, I think uh, people are very afraid to because the uh, the wives of the wealthiest tithers are probably not are probably school teachers mm-hmm. in a lot of instances, and so it's, it's difficult to do. 
at least I know that's been the case throughout a lot of my life Mm -hmm. when you look back on it. I mean, it's a very difficult thing to, to approach if you're going to keep a job. It's Mm -hmm. almost like pastors shouldn't be making as much money as they are (laughs) or having this as a full-time job if they can't. Boy, it puts them in a tough spot. I mean that seriously, not even like being mean to to the pastor. It really is tough because you got family. Like you're not Mm -hmm. even necessarily being selfish. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got people that are counting on you not to, Mm -hmm. you know, not to lose a paycheck. And so it's tough, man. You know, systems, these systems like this in general where you can't tell the truth need to start to be. You have to, though. Yeah, you have to. I mean, you you have a higher calling Mm -hmm. and you still you have to find a way to do it. And you have to, that's where faith comes in. But I'm just saying, I'm trying to be sympathetic because at least I can, I get it. And that mm. would be hard. I mean, that's one of the reasons I didn't do it because I didn't think I would make, I didn't think I'd survive or I'd be miserable. One of the two, I feel like. So anything else? Yeah, I think uh, sort of the play on Michael Mouse's uh, tweet where he quote tweeted Kevin Sorbo is one of my favorite. I don't remember this. It was uh, Kevin Sorbo. At one point, uh, this was obviously before the Capitol riots, tweeted, uh, you know, Republicans haven't rioted. We haven't something, something. We haven't. There were there were three things. Um, tell me again how we're ruining America. And I don't remember the first two. One of them was like uh, not calling out journalists for their malfeasance and said you're calling them stupid. But the third one was my favorite, the third point, um, sending your children to be raised by your enemies. Yep. And... Basically, you have that choice. You can either pay pay a little bit more and have them to be raised by your allies or, homeschool. or, your, or yourself. Mean, that's a viable option. Yeah. yeah, but that's even worse. You'd have to give up your all of your consuming in order for one of you to stay home. Yeah. yeah. Which is hard for people to do. Give up another income. That's even harder than a lot of times than paying money for yeah, a private that's true school. Too. Is because you're really going to have to cut back on lifestyle yeah. in order to make that happen most of the time. Maybe but, not. But, but that, that's, the, that's the choice you have to make at the end of the day. Either you... you you get to raise your kids, your allies get to raise your kids, or your enemies get to raise your kids. You pick. Easy decision for me. Easy. And I really try to say this not as um No, I get I a lot of people haven't thought through this, so I don't I don't hold everyone to it, you know. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. But I and I don't mean this arrogantly at all, but I mean I've I've literally structured my life around this exact thing. Like mm-hmm. thinking about this mm-hmm. for the for the future, like I structured my life around the ability to um, either be able to send my kids to a Christian school or a, or a private school. As early as one year into my wife's and I marriage, I mean, this was on the forefront of mm-hmm. my thought process. Just because I've, but again, like you said, I mean, I've just thought about it a lot. It's been on my mind a lot. But a part of it was because I didn't go to a state school. So it's been on my mind in that way. You know, I guess I got indoctrinated. I do think in some ways this is the least palatable and in other ways it's the most palatable for people to think about or understand because, like I said, private schools do exist, whereas private armies, or pri- I mean private armies do, but you know, private defense is really not a thing in the same way that private schools are, so people at least can conceptually understand that a private option is there. It's just usually they're viewed as an unattainable you know, thing for only rich people, and it's just not the way that it would be. Like I said, at least if you would just give, even if you just believe in welfare, just give the money to kids and families as opposed to the systems, and you know, then you definitely can conceive of this being better already. But if you'll go ahead and just privatize the whole thing, then it all gets cheaper and it all gets better. It's pretty simple, really. You know what is attainable for the the vast majority of Americans? Opening a Coinbase account and buying Bitcoin. That that too, uh, but moderately priced Minnetonka moccasins. 
They are. You know, they first of all, that's their best feature. As comfortable as they are, their best feature is their is the pricing. It is. You know, and there's no welfare that goes into this that I know of. No, I I think the really really nice pair of driving mocks are like ninety bucks. That's the most expensive pair they have. You can get slippers for forty bucks. Yeah. You want some house shoes, something very you comfortable. Can do even better if you use promo code Uneducated twenty twenty one. They're like pillows for your feet. Yeah, Minnetonka moccasins. Treat your toes. Treat them. Anybody got anything else? All right, I hope you... Go ahead. No, I'm good. <laughs> Speechless. No. Thanks so much for joining us. It was, it was great. I enjoyed it. I really wish I could remember my biggest fear with Bitcoin, though. I know. We were trying to... I interrupted you whenever we were not recording. You said my biggest fear, and then I stopped you, and we were talking about something else. Yeah. And then it left. This is bad. It's bad. It's bad of me. It's it's a thing I do, and I I gotta quit doing it. Yeah. No, I, I meant more like my my memory is just really not good. Yeah. What's well, too okay. fried? Trying to too make fried. tons of money on Bitcoin. Yeah, that's all I can think about. We've probably lost it all during this podcast. Yeah, we I have. have we, this has been probably a really bad decision to do this because. <laughs> good thing you put that stop in, right? I did put that stop in. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Well, I hope somehow this has turned into at least a halfway coherent podcast. We're sorry we're a couple of days late. We're not going to blame mm-hmm. anybody or anything. We just got it's off on fault. our schedule. Oh, well, <laughs> I, listen, I, was, I wasn't going to say anything. We just got a little off on our recording schedule, but, uh, you know, you never know. Maybe it won't even be late. Maybe maybe BG will so quickly turn this around, trying to put the pressure on him. We'll, we'll probably else? have it a couple of days from now. <laughs> okay, it'll be a little late. But anyway... You got the what, episode. What else are you going to do while you're just sitting there watching Bitcoin creep closer and closer to 50? Uh, watch Ethereum. Creep closer <laughs> to maybe. On a separate screen. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe by the time this podcast airs, Bitcoin will be at 60. Oh, let's hope so. Oh, you can you can cut this out if you want to, but you were, while you're talking about homeschooling, I think one of the biggest hindrances to homeschooling is that one of the parents has to come face-to-face with their own unintelligence. Like mm-hmm. that's, I think that's a huge yep. thing that mm. I that I've seen and talked to people about, as someone who was homeschooled, uh, and I mean this is totally anonymous. My mom is not a brain surgeon, you know. Um, that's that's not the point, though. That's what I would tell somebody. That's mm-hmm. not the point. Yeah, nah, that's a good point. But I I do think people have a huge hurdle with coming face to face with their own incapabilities. Yeah, that disconnect. You you don't want to confront that. Yeah, nobody does. Nobody does. Uh-huh. Nobody does. Same reason that I don't, you know, try to do a wood, woodworking job on the side. <laughs> I would really have to come to, <laughs> and I just if I don't do it, I don't have to right. deal with that. That's why I quit golf. <laughs> fair, fair point. I don't want to come face to face with how bad I am. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Yeah. All right. That's a good note to end on. I like that. I wish we would have let you get that thought in. I'm sorry. Uh, well, point. I I started to say it, then I was like, that's ah, not important. No, that was good. That's probably the highlight of the podcast. Yeah. Right there. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let us know, people. We we've been. We I think we are trying to convince uh, our guest here to not be a guest to be on more frequently, or at least a frequent guest. But uh, maybe we need some encouragement from people on on Twitter. Actually, he really does not. Of any of the people that I know that do not care oh, about yeah. what other people think, no. no, it's you are near the top of that list. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. truly don't. Everybody says they don't yeah. care what people think. You truly don't care. No, in a good in all the best ways, in my opinion. Right, but you are a natural at this. You fit right in. 
yeah, it's just talking. I think it says a lot for us. We're a very welcoming environment. Yeah. This was an easy. Let's pat ourselves on the, the back. This was sort of a, a softball topic. I, I'm I'm not gonna be. I, I don't know as much. I don't know much about anything. Is the thing so as our intro showed us. Yeah, all, for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know I know about as much uh, uh, about Bitcoin as I do anything. Like that's <laughs> that that's was the it. problem. That's <laughs> the peak of your knowledge. Yeah, you're that parent that you just talked about. That's gonna yeah. have to come face to face. I can't homeschool my kid. <laughs> But that's not the point, as yeah, a wise man once told me. That's not the point. <laughs> All right. Well, let's end it there. We'll uh, we'll record again next week with another another fresh topic on anarchy. Thanks for listening. See you all next week.